Welcome, everyone, to another episode of What Exit Jersey Stories. I'm your host, Nick Franco, and with us, as always, Peter Riario. And joining us today, uh, a, a longtime friend of uh, uh, myself uh, and um, what's your, a, a, a local educator, uh, just all around great person. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Pedro Delvecchio. Pedro, welcome today. Thank you. Nice yes, to welcome. And what, what, why I bring up the point of educator is let's talk about New Jersey education. I think it also doesn't get discussed enough <laughs> nowadays. But um, and of course, right now we're since we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, like you know, like things have been a little different for those that uh, are not aware. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, Pedro, why don't you give us a little uh, background on yourself as far as like. Um, like when it comes to teaching itself, like how, how long have you been teaching in the, uh, in, in the system? Um, so I guess I've been teaching 10 years with a big gap in the middle because I left to take care of my family. Um, so I teach elementary school. I started, mm -hmm. I was in first grade. I've been, I've pretty much taught every grade. So up to fifth. And um to say that this is a different year is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just a little bit. Now, um, yeah, now you've taught primarily at the same school or? Um, Most or, of my or, time has been at the same school. Yep. Uh, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, uh, what, what was I going to say? Um, you, you actually are teaching the same school system as you grew up in it as well. Yep. Same school, in fact. Same school, same system. Yes. <laughs> I haven't gotten very far. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know how common that is or because I do know some of the other you know, te teachers within, you know, the, you know, the, the system. And, yeah, in fact, some of them are related to me. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, there's uh, quite a few, actually, who've come back and, you know, this is home and come back to to pass on what they've been given, I guess. I was going to say, what 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 drives like like what drove you to you know want want to you know endeavor you know the field of education and you know and come back to your hometown to do so. Mm -hmm. It's funny because um, you know that's often an icebreaker in different uh, professional developments we have, and I'm always a little sheepish to say it, but I say it anyway. It was because I thought I could change the world. <laughs> Mm. Um, I sort of pondered every which way that I could impact. If you look at all the sort of um, troubles in society, from poverty mm. to food insecurity to child abuse and substance abuse and just everything, homelessness, the, the intersection of all of those things happens where there's really no choice. Every person that's part of society passes through a school. So I felt like, right. okay, I can touch that now. 10 years in, I'm a little more realistic, but it's still kind of my goal, <laughs> if I'm honest. Right. And I, I think it's a goal that should you should never drop because, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. New Jersey and the world at large needs more educators like yourself that, you know, like ha have those goals in mind that, you know, you want to make a difference. You want to change the world, you, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and give people that may not have per se, had a chance prior to having an education to, you know, you give them a fighting chance. You know, you give them the tools necessary, you know, to, to, to make it in today's world. Mm -hmm. That's that's certainly the, the hope, you know, and right. working with the little ones 
it's um, I don't always see it right away because they mm -hmm. have so much other education before them. But um, it's always nice when they sort of come back and I find out where they are or hear what they're doing from other mm -hmm. people. Excellent. Excellent. No, now, being that it's been 10 years, like, have you had any, uh, I'm trying to think, let's see, well, you, you may have some like close to graduation or, or, mm -hmm. or, or just graduated maybe? Um, I think, I think the class I started with when I was first in this district, um, was a, it was a fourth grade class, so I got a little bit of a ah, <laughs> job. Okay, sorry. So I believe they're seniors now. Excellent. And I see them around town, which is also why I like living where I teach. You know, right. I see them in the store. I do have to get dressed to go to Target because you never know. But <laughs> 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 but I love it. I love running into them and, you know, finding out what they're up to. Excellent. Excellent. Now, um, did, did you have – uh, particular teachers that were your favorites also growing up that also may have Influence, possibly yeah. either were, were an inspiration to you or that maybe that you look back on and it's like, okay, you know, I want to do things a little more like this teacher or, or this administrator. Mm, definitely. Um, it would be dangerous to name names because I'm in touch with so many uh, teachers that I had and um, all of them had some impact and some, Got it. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but in particular, it's just those relationships that you build with people. So it's mm -hmm. not, I can't say, well, this lesson was the best. It's, it, it's little, um, just sort of experiences them sharing something from themselves and, you know, they they become your family. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things. So, but were, were there uh, particular classes, you know, again, we're, we're not going to name names with the teachers, but were there particular classes that, you found more memorable or like certain events that happened like in those particular classes that like, Oh, okay. Stood out to you that, you know, like, Oh, wow. Yeah. If I could do the same thing. Yeah. Th th this would. Um, I would guess like as sort of a general category, just the classes that sort of allowed you to interact with other students and um, sort of, uh, stretch a little bit. They were a little more social. Like I tended towards more the humanities than the maths and sciences. Um, okay. And I think they gave me a little you, more you, you flexibility. Rich, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My <laughs> husband's a science uh, educator <laughs> and all my kids went, are going into science, but you know, that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think that kind of flexibility and uh, like band, for example, being a part mm -hmm. of the band, which I was no great musical talent, but you know, it just allows you to kind of be part of something. And actually a lot of my, um, again, I wasn't a great athlete by any stretch, but being in, on teams. So it really had to do with those sort of social connections. That no, were really you, you did what swimming, I think. And what I did a brief, brief stint with swimming and I did track. Yeah. I was okay. a oh, shot putter. Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. Wow, nice. <laughs> And a discus thrower, but shot putter just sounds so glamorous. So, <laughs> <laughs> show strength, though. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. do you know, like, you know, like for this question is to both of you, do you know where New Jersey stands when it comes to the actual national rankings in education? And and uh, what we're going to be talking about is education of like pre K to twelve. Mm -hmm. Do, uh, it, do you know offhand, uh, Pedro? Uh, how about I take a guess? Oh, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. It, That's Peter. It, <laughs> yes, Pedro, Peter. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I swear to God, I thought you said Pedro, which some of my friends call me. So. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no problem. Did I'm it... named for a Peter, and I have a son, Peter. So I'm. You know, there you go. Oh, there we go. Right it now. all connects. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> no, but but Pete. Okay, so, starting with you, Pete. Sure. Do you know where New Jersey stands, as you know, national rankings go? Um, is it is it anywhere between four and eight, or is it, uh, or am I way off here? You're not way off. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to stick. I'm going to say uh, eight. How about that? Okay. In the country. Yeah. No, no. Paid draw. <laughs> <laughs> <There we go. laughs> what, what would you say? So I'm cheating a little bit because I think you mentioned it when yes. we were chatting. So um, I think we're second. Okay. And you, yes, we were chatting earlier. And <laughs> according to U S news rankings, mm-hmm. New, New Jersey ranks second in the nation in pre-K to 12th grade education just behind Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. That's great. When you when we actually break down like wh- where we are, we're actually second in high school graduation rate. Mm-hmm. We're fourth in the NAEP, which for those that do not know, that's the National Assessment of Educational Progress. W- were you mm-hmm. uh, familiar with them, uh, Pedro? Or- yes, I've heard of them, yep. Well, according to the NAAP, we're fourth in math scores. We're second in NAEP reading scores. We're second in preschool enrollment. And we're fifth in college readiness. It's pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. Now, I'm going to give you another stat that's actually pretty cool, too. When you actually look at the U.S. News rankings, we're the only state that placed in the top 10 in every category. Hmm. Massachusetts may be number one, hmm. but in, I forget which of the categories, they actually placed the 13th. Wow. But they actually have a couple of number ones in there, so that, you know, that weights the rankings a little higher in their favor, so. <laughs> right. Curse you, Massachusetts. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no oh, Massachusetts I'd love to take great. credit for all of that. Can I do that since I'm just you can. You know. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you are part of the uh, the collective there to do that. Yeah. No, no, it, it, but it is true, though. You are part of why, mm-hmm. you know, we rank so high in education. Now, I'm, I'm going to jump to another ranking system. Which is the Education Week Research Research Center? Do you know? Are you uh, familiar with them, uh, Pedro? I've read some articles by them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how about you, Pete? Um, no, actually, not- no. But okay. I'd like to know more. Well, according to Education Week Research Center, actually, New Jersey for the past two years has placed first in the nation hmm. in public school hmm. education, with uh, an aggregated score of eighty-seven point three, which makes us. B plus students. <laughs> Take that. And that's the highest that we get, right? Yeah. yeah I was, I was in the nation right now. Yeah. That's the highest uh, <laughs> out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Massachusetts is behind us in their rankings, but also placing uh, a B plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. So he- here's a question to, to both of you. What makes New Jersey education so highly ranked? I'll let uh, I'll default to uh, Pedro for this one. Okay, Um, (laughs) it's interesting. um, You know, as much as I really would love to take credit for all that, um, (laughs) (laughs) all of the research sort of says that um, student success is most closely tied with parental 
education and economic stability. So as much as I would love to say it's because we're the best of the best, and I think all my colleagues are wonderful, and you know I do think we do a really good job, I think that it's it's there are factors outside of us that drive that quite a bit. And if you look at Massachusetts, it's also a wealthy state, um, right. highly educated. You know, everyone who goes to college in Boston stays there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's there's a few factors. Um, I also think from now focusing more on what teachers do in New Jersey, um, we have a strong association where our our teachers have unionized very strongly. And I know people don't always love sort of what we fight for, but it does allow for um, teachers to dig our heels in and say, no, this is what works. This is what's good for our kids. So I think that's very powerful. I mean, I'm on all kinds of message boards with teachers throughout the country and the abuse and disrespect that they have to tolerate is just horrifying. And Mm. we we don't have that. We're we're treated very well. I I really can only imagine that, like how other parts of the country you know how the same processes well not to say the same processes but when going through the system it just uh because when um when i looked at those rankings Mm -hmm. you had uh states such as um when it came to the u.s news i think believe uh mississippi was uh ranked last Mm -hmm. in the nation and when it came to uh education weekly um education week research center it was new mexico uh, rank last, but mm-hmm. which was a little surprise on on that one, but yeah, yeah it, it you know like as you're saying though, what they have to deal with in other states, I, I I can't picture, but yeah, New Jersey is one of the you know wealthier states, more well-to-do states. Although, if you look at New Jersey as a whole, you know there are many parts that you know. Struggle more, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, su- such as places uh, Newark, mm-hmm. uh, Camden, mm-hmm. right. Patterson, mm-hmm. that you know, like have had you know, like more. If you want to say the inner cities, that mm-hmm. you know, it takes a little more to try to get the same results that right. you know, other uh, areas of the state. And I know for many years, also in New Jersey, you know, it's been an ongoing debate. You know, like um, what was it ninety. To Pedro, when the Abbott districts were, you know, when oh. when they came out with that designation, now th- yeah, that the has changed too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, um, I don't know the year that that all happened, but I do know that, um, you know, that's you touch on the Abbott district. The Abbott districts were trying to correct the problem of localized funding, right? And that's still something that is always debated. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I can see where you know us being a wealthier state that, and as uh, people probably uh, you know, you know, New Jersey has higher taxes than more states you know, mm-hmm. out there, but mm-hmm. a good portion does go to education. Cool. Right. It, it, but is it enough? Uh, yeah, that's also for de- <laughs> for debate as well. Right. Because it's never enough. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because so much more could be done, but you know, mm-hmm. how does it get balanced? Right. And because we have so many different towns and t- so many different school districts in New Jersey, um, you know what? That's something I forgot to uh, break down. But yeah, you know, for for a state that 
is not necessarily the biggest state. We're, we're the most densely populated state, but like we're, 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 if you would look at a map and look at New Jersey versus a Texas, a California or any, any place else or some of our neighbors like New York and Pennsylvania, we're not a very big state. Right. No. But we have many, many towns and school districts. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, and I know there's been some effort by the state recently to merge them, you know, to pull. They, a lot of the smaller districts have been identified and they're looking to merge them into bigger districts. But of course, there's resistance to that for, I guess, a lot of good reasons and, right. you know, and, personal reasons. Yeah. You know, good reasons. And, you know, sometimes and eh, not maybe so not so good reasons. Good reasons too. <laughs> right. Like, like I'm, I'm surprised that uh, like uh, our district, we mm-hmm. actually lost one of the towns that was part of our district. Right. Like, like you know, like I, I live in Hackensack and uh, for many years, uh, Maywood was part of our district. And as of, I think, was it last year uh, or, or last year? Yeah, it, it, it was a recent development. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, it may have been in 90, uh, not 19, but 2019 that it was voted upon right. that Maywood would actually join the, uh, what is it, the East Rutherford district, I believe? Uh, Beckton High School. Yeah, Beckton High School, yeah, which, which I, is I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, or, or, or regional or I'm not sure if it's regional or local, but um, yeah. So I think that this year, for the first time, the ninth graders went there instead of instead of Hackensack. Hackensack High School. Yes. Yeah, which, which is crazy because if you look on a map and look at Maywood to Hackensack and Maywood to East Rutherford, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a, it's a bit of diff, it's a little bit of a distance. Like now, Pete, when you were younger, did you walk yeah. to school? Uh, on certain days, uh, yeah, I had to. Otherwise, I got driven. But I was very lucky just because, you know, my school was it wasn't very far, you know, like less than a mile. Um, so I would have to take the bus. In other words, is what I was saying. Like, you gotcha. know, my parents, my parents would drive me. Yeah. Right. But, 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 but you were within, you know, decent walking distance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It would take a little bit. But, you know, it not not it take like maybe 25 minutes. We'll say something like that. So and, 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 yeah. and Pedro, you, you yourself also not too far from some of the schools like you know right like uh you know like one of the schools we could pretty much fall into our backyard and it's there right. but right. um but yeah maywood to uh east rutherford is what about six miles I oh think? i would think so yeah, down yeah six seven mm-hmm. or so miles versus maywood to hackensack we're right next to each other so it's really in walking distance for a lot of the people right so, yeah. so, so a lot of the people that I went to school with, you know, uh, growing up in the Hackensack district, you know, even though they were in Maywood, they 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 walked to Hackensack, mm-hmm. they, they walked to the Hackensack mm-hmm. High School. Right but now, yeah, it's 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 a little weird in thinking that, but these are the things that the New Jersey education system has been dealing with for many many years. Like, mm-hmm. okay, do you do a little more regionalization? Do, you know, do you have a little more of a central school that? you know, incorporates more of the smaller towns, you know, schooling system. Um, yeah. My wife actually, she went to uh, school in uh, for, for high school in what was called Cedar Ridge uh, in the Old Bridge area, but she grew up in Lawrence Harbor, hmm. but Lawrence Harbor was part of the Old Bridge township and school district. 
So and she also wound up going to school with uh, I don't know why, but uh, Brian Halloran, Dante from Clerks, uh, Vitamin C, the singer, uh, Juno Diaz, the uh, author, and uh, you know, many other people. <laughs> it's like the fame school. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like the fame school. I, I I joke sometimes with her. It's like it's like wait, was it something in the water? Did you not drink it? What 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 happened? Why? <laughs> Uh, I love my wife, but uh, it's just kind of funny that I, I think it was more of the grades around her, but not really necessarily her grade that you know, had the famous people. Right. <laughs> it was the ones above and below. <laughs> Pedro, how's the funding been from you know both the federal government and the state government? Let's say in the last 10 years, would you say it's adequate, needs more or underfunded? Um, I mean, your personal uh it's it's gone up and uh, it's gone up and down. Um, you know, there's I feel like there's a lot more because we are I don't know if we're called Title One anymore. Um, mm-hmm. There's a new designation, ESSA, and I every student succeeds act. I guess it is the federal. Mm. Um, so for that designation, and it has to do with how many students qualify for free and reduced lunch. So there's quite a bit of federal funding there. Um, it's a grant that requires a lot, <laughs> a lot yeah. of conformity and paperwork and proving that you're, you know, sticking to the guidelines and all that. So that money is there, but again, it, it can only be used for very specific things. Um, state money has definitely kind of gone down and down. And I believe that originally when the lottery was first a thing, it was supposed to be all for funding education. education and yeah, yep. right. I think they found other uses for it. Yeah. So, yeah a little too many uh, people, uh, too many hands dipping into the same pot. Yeah, you know, like and and unfortunately, education gets left out of the uh, right. equation and then, at that and point. And then you know the cap was put on um, budget, so there's yep. you know you can only go up two percent every year, um, right. without certain you know loopholes that you have to jump through. So right. um, it's tight because there's more and more demands, and they're not all funded. So oh, obviously, good. you know, especially in this situation now with pandemic teaching. Um, our district provided um, Chromebooks to every student and hot spots oh, to wow. as many as we could, as many as needed. Um, and it's, there was a delay, you know, some had to wait and they got them. But I think right now everyone's got it, got those, their equipment, which, yeah, we couldn't do this without that. Mm. Um but, how how is it teaching though now <laughs> in this remote? Just as we're doing a remote podcast, how, how is it doing a lesson plan when you, you have to plan for it? Well, Everyone's remote. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what is that nowadays? <laughs> it's nuts. It's really nuts. Now, now, being that it's January and I'm about to start back after a break, I'm just getting my head back around it. Um, I would say that September, October, most of the time I was spent technologically troubleshooting. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a technological wizard. I'm fairly adept at using the different platforms that I need. But trying to walk seven-year-olds and their families who many of them have never seen this type of software or platforms um, mm-hmm. through these things remotely was excruciating. <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. one particular Friday where I sort of like whipped my headphones off at the bell and said, Oh, what did I just do? I did not teach one single thing. It was all day uh, passwords and um, yep. glitches and who doesn't have a log on. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really, and, and like I said, I'm pretty adept with the, the software and the platforms and the websites and the, you know, all the different shortcuts that we can use. And not all of my colleagues are similarly trained. You know, that's, that's just right. sort of an interest of mine. So I've 
caught it. I've caught up on it, but it's been really, really difficult. I bet. I can only imagine. You know, like, yeah. And I, and this comes from someone I've been in the IT field for like 32 years. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know how many times we've done like, you know, you're doing a virtual conference and OK, well, so and so, you know, like, the, you know, this this sales rep or this, um, you know, the, this this other uh, IT branch, um, you know, because I've worked for some large companies you know, like where you're dealing globally. So you're trying to get multiple countries on the same meeting. And yeah, it, it can be a struggle for IT people. Mm-hmm. So when you when you're dealing, as you said, you're, you're dealing with families that may have no IT experience, you know, no, no knowledge of you know Chromebooks, mm-hmm. um, the internet, you know, like how it all you know works, and especially you know Zoom or like what what, what do you guys use by the way? Do you use like uh, uh, Google? Do you use uh, Teams? Do you so use like we're we're given a choice between um, Google, Google Meets, and um, mm-hmm. and Zoom. So okay. I typically use Zoom just because um, when we started in April or March, I guess, March, early March, um, where the requirements for us were different. We were really just sort of t- keeping in touch with our students. Um, Zoom had all the features already, whereas Google right. Meets didn't. But now I believe they do. But I'm Got sort it. of, you know, creature of habit. I'm used to it. Um, but one of the things that you know that it, feeling. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought of. Um, the strangest thing about this really is the teaching in a fishbowl. You know, normally I'm in a classroom with 20 to 24 second graders and sure there's adults who walk in and out and I'm observed and I have colleagues who are in the room for different reasons, but pretty much it's my show. You know, it's, it's, I'm in charge. I'm on stage. I do what I do. Mm. Um, I can joke with my students. I can, you know, walk over to them and give them a little pat on the shoulder to remind them that I'm still in the room and they're still supposed to be doing whatever the activity is. And um, I can guide if I see someone's getting frustrated with a classmate, they're working, you know, all that stuff that's so um, sort of intangible. It never gets written in a lesson plan. Um, And I'm doing it in front of parents. You have a much wider audience than per se, like, if you were in the regular classroom setting, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 you have your students, you mm-hmm. have like administrators that may happen in or out you know, as time goes. But yeah, you don't usually have the parents like in the classes, you have parent right. teacher like conferences, yeah. but, mm-hmm. but, but not, it's like, Hey, yeah, sit in on the, the class today yeah right and you, you know i have to be i'm a little silly with my students and you know i'd be boring if i wasn't um and i've just kind of gotten past being embarrassed that i'm probably making a fool of myself every once in a while i hear a parent laugh at me in the background i'm like oh i hope so yeah. <laughs> um but the other part is that september is a difficult month every year even a normal fully functioning Mm -hmm. year and parents don't see how their kids struggle with us. They don't see that the kids don't understand all of our instructions and aren't quite, you know, with, with it. It's just a normal Mm -hmm. part of the growth process every September. And that's in every grade, you know, in my grade, it's adjusting from a first grade to a second grade, but then my students will go on and have to adjust to third grade. So I think it was really hard for them to watch that and let their kids Mm -hmm. struggle which I can understand why, you know, they're there. So they feel like they need to jump in and make it easier. And in some cases, I think they felt frustrated with me that I wasn't sort of giving their own, their child 
um, as much individualized attention as they probably would have liked. Uh, right. You know? So it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Was, uh, was remote learning implemented in April or late March? Um... So we went, we went remote um, very suddenly on March 13th. We, the school closed okay. March, March 12th was the last day. And I remember that because when I went back to my classroom, the date was still on the board. It was eerie. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like it was like uh, Vesuvius or Pompeii or, you know, yeah, let everything <laughs> frozen in time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was so strange. Yeah. Um, so, but we, we then took like two weeks of just sort of keeping in touch with the kids and mm. waiting and seeing and thinking, okay, spring break is coming. We'll be back after that. And then it just got longer and longer. Yeah. So during yeah. that time we were meeting, I was meeting with my students about two hours a day. And now we're doing mm. a full school schedule. How big are your classes? Um, 21, 20, you know, they, 21. in that area. Yeah. Okay. So not, not terrible. Again, that's another thing, state to state. I hear of these states where they have 30, 35 kids in the class. I, I wow. can't even picture that. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> that's got to like be hard even, to manage. I mean. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like I, I know myself, like like in uh, grammar school, I, I went to uh, Catholic school. I went to Holy Trinity, the uh, the, the local uh, Catholic school at the time. And even our classes at that time weren't huge. You know, we were like 26, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, so it wasn't, you know, horrendous. But, yeah, I, I do hear of these places where, well, yeah, we have so many more kids. We have no place to put the kids. Right. Yeah, we, we don't. You know, actually, like our, our school system is actually, we have problems with room for actually students when they do come back to actual physical mm -hmm. classrooms. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And and this is something a, a lot of schools you know deal with that people don't realize. Mm -hmm. Now, when right. you ask a question, how do you manage? Like you know, uh, we're in a classroom, maybe that you know raise your hand. What what do you do with like a Zoom call? Is it, <laughs> how is that different? <laughs> It, it's hard. It's they've most of the kids have gotten used to it, so they'll use the little zoom icon for, oh, okay. for raising their hand. hand. Oh, I so didn't that's even helpful. It, yeah, I didn't even know that existed. Okay, right. Um, the difficulty is that you know the way I teach is so much more organic in the classroom. So mm. even though they're not supposed to call out, they're supposed to talk one at a time. That's not the real world. It's certainly not how right. adults behave in groups, and it's certainly not how little oh. children behave. Um, but because of the format, if two people are talking at once, you can't hear them. Whereas we, in a, in a room, you might hear, oh, I, I've got something from across the room. That kid is on. I want to bring that to the forefront or, you know, I want to, but I really, they really have to be um, almost like they're standing in line one at a time. And it's, it's hard for them to wait. It's hard yeah. for them. And it's hard for me because sometimes I know. I'm going to call on this child who really wants to share something, but I know their internet connection is not so great. And I know they're yep. going to glitch uh, or they're going to just wait and then ask me what time lunch is. You know, <laughs> sometimes there's that too. Right. Of course. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah. I was going to say that like, as far as we've come like in voice over IP technologies and, and video over, you know, like uh, the internet as well. Yeah. It, it, that lag that you have to deal with yeah, mm -hmm. can be frustrating, especially, you know, we're doing this pod now, but you know, you know, Pete and I, we've done podcasts, of course, when we're in the same room and we have someone over and, you know, we're actually all physically together and it's, it's a much more organic yeah, conversation. The it's completely uh, right. Then, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we've actually learned more on, 
how to do these because you it's not the same thing. You actually have to listen and watch for the cues because otherwise you're stumbling over each other. And when you listen to the audio, yeah, you've lost things. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to sh- shift us a, a little bit. Well, actually, be, before we, we shift, I'm wondering what do you think teaching is going to look like post pandemic? Do you right. think we're just going to go back to business as usual? You know, New, New Jersey education as usual, or do you think there might be actually, you know, like h- hybrids of things? I know one of the things that you know people were saying that's like, oh, now that we have this remote technology, do snow days happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I remember being as a kid, yay, it's a snow day. Now yeah. it's gonna be like it's a snow day. Well, on to Zoom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our superintendent was merciful. And when we had the snow in December, you know, at first it was like, well, we're just going to keep going because we, we can't afford to lose time. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you know what? It's really going to be a bad snow. People are going to need to clean up. And I think he was really just taking some uh, mercy on us all and giving us a day off. Um, so, I mean, it, it really depends because, like I said earlier, um, our IT team had to give out Chromebooks to every student. Right. Um that's not typical. It is typical in the high school level, but in the elementary and middle schools, they have, we have a one-to-one Chromebook, but they stay in the school building. Ah, so okay. unless they have that, and unless everybody has Wi-Fi in their home, we really yep. can't, we really can't just pick up and the lessons would be different. So one of the things that um, is very different is, you know, we have a lot of materials that we, that the district purchases, um, math program, uh, reading program, you know, all different things. And while we, you know, make creative different activities that we want to bring in, we have a lot of materials to pull from. And with this, we have to create everything digitally. Mm, Got it. So I I don't see how we could do that. Just knowing it's going to snow tomorrow. (laughs) It it takes a long time. Got it. Right, right. (laughs) So you'd have to send home all of their materials with them. Oh, I, I I have so much respect for you and for the other <laughs> teachers, like, you know, like, you know, particularly in our state, of course, you know, like I'm biased and, you know, like, and, and locally too, but, you know, like, it, but just educators everywhere, like w- what people do not realize what you go through and, right. and what, and with the benefit of the students in mind, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, yeah, you know, what? sometimes actually- get lost. <laughs> Yeah, could I, I just want to follow up on that because I think it's really important and it's um, something I didn't mention before. You know, I said I went into this to save the world. Um, the most excruciating thing I've, I keep, I think I keep saying the most, the worst, the hardest, the, <laughs> it's just yeah. terrible. Um, but truly the thing that has given me the most um, stress and worry has been not being able to truly check in. And this was so much worse in the spring because um, the attendance wasn't, really well established. We, we didn't have a requirement per se. And there were students who I worried about daily when they were in uh, my classroom, mm-hmm. but I could pull them aside. I could invite them to have lunch with me. I could check in with them. How are you doing? You know, is everything okay? Yeah, and all of a sudden just... there was radio silence and I worried and worried and worried and called them. And uh, there was it, the most work was trying to keep in touch with children. And even now, I mean, I don't feel concerned for my students that I have now. I don't feel concerned for their safety. I think, you know, they all have reasonably supportive homes. Um, 
but that's a scary thing when you yeah. know that they're in a unstable place. Of course. And you can't ask them about it because their parents might be sitting across the table from them. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, you know, it's been really scary. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, we need to get schools open because child abuse cases are going up domestic violence. But the other part of that is I know because a neighbor of mine, it works for um, division of child protection and permanency and she's been furloughed. <laughs> so mm. I, I worry for those kids. So I don't yeah. need to bring it to a negative point. No, 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 no. Um, it, it's something that people do not, you know, you know people take for granted that, mm -hmm. Oh, you know, you know, when kids are in school, you know, teachers are looking after them. And, you know, like if there's problems, you know, you know, teachers will take care of. But at the same point, now we're in a different situation where it's like you don't have that same luxury. You don't have the same tools, mm -hmm. resources. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just also very quickly, uh, a, a couple of our friends uh, checking in, uh, Stuart Greenberg, he was saying <laughs> virtual sixth grade is killing me. And uh, he was talking about walking to uh, school, kindergarten and first grade in uh, Lincoln Park. And uh, our friend uh, Chris Ryerson also says uh, hello. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll just just as a side note, as a parent, 11th grade remote learning is killing me. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I bet. But I'm, I'm going to shift things to we're, we're going to talk and we're going to try to go through this a little quickly uh, about someone who had the kids in mind, had uh, a particular education system in mind, but how things played out, was it the right way? Well, we're going to talk about the story of Joe Clark. And for those that are not familiar with Joe Clark, uh, he was the principal of Eastside High School in Patterson in the um, basically from 82 to 89. And uh, and it was also part of the Patterson education system for you know some time before that. Mm -hmm. And he was the subject of the movie Lean on Me, uh, starring Morgan Freeman. So uh, to both of you, 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 you've seen the movie? Yes. Yes. A, a while back. Yeah. OK. Mm. So first question before you know, we get into Joe Clark himself. How familiar are you with Patterson? I know the waterfall there. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? That's a, that's actually an important thing because mm -hmm. besides being a like a, a pretty you know natural you know wonder there in mm -hmm. Patterson, it also provided power for Patterson was like part of the industrial revolution. Like when you uh, go from the 18th century into the 19th century. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry, 19th century into the 20th century. Patterson was one of the leaders in industry. Mm -hmm. One of the re reasons, the Great Falls. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it was there to power a lot of the things and was actually nicknamed also Silk City right. um, be, because of its prominent role in the production of silk in mm -hmm. the late 19th century, early 20th century. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and there were many other industries that also thrived within Patterson at the time. But as years went on, post-World War II, um businesses move uh okay we, we we don't have to rely on um waterfall power as much anymore we're you know we're you know we were using the grid as, you know, as is although you know people don't realize where some of that power comes from 
you know, some of that from waterfalls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, hydropower. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you hit like the 1960s, Patterson really sort of uh, finding itself into a de- like uh, basically a decline, high unemployment. And unfortunately, uh, the concepts we went over this uh, back on our uh, episode of the long, hot summer of 1967, uh, the Newark riots and the Plainfield riots, uh, the concept of white flight. A lot of people left Patterson and moved to the suburbs mm-hmm. and a lot of businesses left Patterson and moved to suburbs or moved out of state. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, as we went over how the local economy helps stimulate the local education system, Patterson was adversely affected and found itself in a decline for a good number of years. So, and uh, just so you know, I'll, I'll give you just a little of the current makeup of Patterson. Uh, like, um, we're going to talk about Eastside High School uh, primarily. Eastside High School is 55% Hispanic, 43% African American, 2%. Caucasian. So you can see, you know, the the dynamics of, okay, you know, as we talked about white flight, okay, so you you have a lot of students that may not come from families that have, you know, the resources. And so that affects the school system, the, you know, the, the, the taxes, may not be enough really to support. And this is why also New Jersey had the concept of the Abbott districts for a while to help support places like Patterson, like Newark, Jersey City and such. But we're going to go into the story of uh, Joe Clark. Uh, But before that, very very quickly, do do you know any other alumni that come from Eastside? Just very quickly. I don't know. I feel like I did at some point, but no, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to give you a, a, a few. Um, one is Bob Giraldi. He was the director of Beat It, Love is a Battlefield, oh. Hello, <laughs> and, and other music videos that we grew up with. <laughs> yeah, I know them all. Um, uh, Joe Taub. Anyone know Joe Taub? It sounds no. familiar. Well, he, his, his, his brother uh, Henry and... Uh, and a guy named Frank Lautenberg, um, they, they developed this uh, company called Automated Data Processing, oh. ADP, ADP, where a lot yeah. of their paychecks come from. Yes, wow. that's right. Um, so uh, Joe was actually uh, an alumnus of the Eastside High School. Um, Fetty Wap, the um, rapper yeah. and uh, singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. And Larry Doby who we also spoke about on our uh, episode of breaking the color barrier um, in New Jersey in, in, uh, in sports, Larry Doby was a major league hall of famer and the first African, African American, American league player, Jackie Robinson being the first overall. And for the national league, basically Jackie beat Larry by weeks. Wow. I never heard of him. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and, and, and if if you look into Larry Doby, he he was fantastic. Hmm. 
I mean, we hear so much about Jackie Robinson. That's interesting. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna add that because I do a unit on him in my class. <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically, if if you want some material, but we also, as we uh, said, we we had a an episode on uh, you know Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in New Jersey before he did it. Uh, yeah, it, it, with the Dodgers. I didn't, I didn't it, know that. Okay. The minor leagues. Uh, I think we discussed that. Minor right? league stadiums. He broke it here first, actually in Jersey <laughs> City. Uh, Roosevelt Stadium. Huh. Right. But back to Patterson. Back to Joe, back to Joe Clark. Joe Clark himself uh, was born actually in Rochelle, Georgia in uh, in 1937 or 38. Uh, the official records had shown 38, but his daughter actually, um, uh, since his passing a few days ago, has said he was actually born in 1937. But he moved with his family to Newark at the age of six. And grew up in the Newark system um, and, and, and the Newark education system. But he himself came from a poor family. So what Joe actually wound up doing is he found refuge a lot of times. And also when uh, the winter months hit, he found heat at the local library. So J Joe immersed himself in books at a young age. Um, he wound up graduating from Newark uh, Central High School. Went on to get his bachelor's from William Patterson, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, fondly known to uh, many uh, uh, of us as Bill on the Hill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you ever go to that uh, college, you, you, you'll see why. You know why, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he earned his master's at Seton Hall University. Yeah, uh, and also, he's earned a doctorate uh, from the U.S. Sports Academy. I, I, I did not know that was a thing, but me neither. <laughs> so, uh, uh, past his education, Clark actually went on into the military and went on to uh, earn the rank of sergeant and a uh, drill instructor in the U.S. Army Reserve. And it's here where his family said he developed a, a large respect for order and achievement. He came back and settled in South Orange. Uh, uh, for, for those uh, that are aware, that's actually where Seton Hall is. <laughs> mm -hmm. that's right. And in 1972, got his first foray in the field of teaching in the Patterson School District as a grade school teacher. Uh, he taught remedial reading, and he also served uh, following that as a director of camps and playgrounds in Essex County. Which is a little odd because uh, Patterson is Passaic County. In fact, it's the county seat of Passaic right. County. Mm -hmm. But yes, he, he also was there serving as the director of camps and playgrounds for Essex County. In 1979, he actually got his big first challenge where they offered him the uh, position of principal of public school number six grammar school in Patterson, which was a failing school in actually one of Patterson's at the time, one of the worst uh, neighborhoods uh, economically. And, you know, th there was a lot of problems with crime at that point in that area. Um, nearly 90 percent of the schools, mostly African-American and Hispanic students at the time, read below grade level when he arrived. But under his administration, Clark actually turned the school around, uh, increased the, the reading level of all these students to 
you know, be at least on par of where they were supposed to be. And people called it the miracle on Carroll Street, which I believe is where Public School 6 <laughs> was in Patterson. Um, this caught the eye of a lot of members of the Board of Education and, and local, you know, the mayor and other uh, lo- local, uh, uh, it, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Politicians. Mm-hmm. And um, in 82, some of the members of the board, including William Pascrell, uh, quickly, both of you, do you know who William Pascrell is? He's a congressman. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's right. actually yeah, the uh, New Jersey yes. representative for uh, the 9th Congressional District. Well, at the time, he saw what Joe Clark was doing there, and he lobbied to have Joe assigned as principal of Eastside High School, which is on the east side of Patterson. Go figure. <laughs> and unfortunately, was also failing at that time. Now, Joe Clark went on to accept, you know, accept the role as principal. And um, he began a tenure that was both lauded and criticized at the same time for his approach. Now, being that you both have seen the movie Lean on Me, you are kind of familiar with his approach of what his tactics, he, yeah. yeah, the tactics that he used at the high school. Mm-hmm. Can, can either of you name some of those tactics? Well, he carried a baseball bat, didn't he? I yes, he did. Yeah. A, a, a Willie Mays big stick, 36 inches. Right. <laughs> to be precise. To be um, precise. He also he changed the doors shut on the building on Eastside High School. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yes, he chained and padlocked the doors on the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, uh, if you also remember, he also carried a bullhorn around. Mm-hmm. That, that oh, was yeah, one right. of his other calling cards. But if you remember the movie, uh, one of the big scenes near the beginning, when, when he be, first becomes principal in the movie on his first day, and this is where we're going to break the Hollywood magic here. On his first day, he it's, he rounded up 300 uh, students that were the um, you know drug dealers, uh, abusers, vandals, etc., and he expelled them. Well, let's get into reality. What <laughs> Joe Clark actually did. Um, in his first year, he did wind up expelling 300 students. Um, in the first couple of months, the newer juniors and seniors that had passed or current at the time, like poor attendance, like they weren't showing up or barely showed up. Um, and of, in, uh, consequently, poor grades. Those are the ones that he had expelled. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't the you know in front of the these the school uh not in the school auditorium what, what's the word yeah you know, but in front of the student body you know the, the the whole show as it was but there was some degree of truth to that he did expel 300 students in his first year as the principal of Eastside High mm-hmm. now in hindsight was that the right move was that not the right move? Debatable. It's open to debate. Yeah, open to debate, right? 
yeah, very, very open to debate. Yeah. Because now his besides to turn around the high school, his other goal was so the state of New Jersey did not um, uh, let me find the, the word uh, come in with state intervention where basically the, the New Jersey commissioner, the state commissioner has a little more control of the local district versus, you know, what the state commissioner does now. Yeah, you know, it, it's more of a I don't know. How would you put it, uh, Pedro? How, how does you know, like one working from the state down to the local districts? How would that I mean, work? I don't think they get involved in such um, specifics. You know, there's a curriculum handed down and there's mm. assessments handed down. So there's policy put in place, but not they don't tend to respond to individual yeah, situations. The, 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 the minutia of the mm-hmm. of what goes on locally. Mm-hmm. Well, what they were worried about in Patterson was that the New Jersey you know, government would actually come in and actually take control, take control of the district, which had been done actually in Newark. Mm-hmm. So, again, the expelling of 300 students, was that good or bad? Well, it helped maybe the school and the students that remained but did it help the students that he expelled? You know, how many of them could still have been reached? So th- 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 this is a debate mm-hmm. that, you know, y- you-, you can go uh, either side with. Now, in, in Clark's wor- words was, you know, he's, see, he said there's there were 3,500 in that school. You cannot have 300 or 400 students disrupting the educational process. I extricated them to another abode. Meaning, yeah, he, he expelled them. Um, now, going over the bat, <laughs> he said the bat was not a threat, but a choice. That students can see it, that they could either strike out or hit a home run. <laughs> Symbolic. <laughs> Correct, yes. Yeah. So, More gaslighting comes to mind on that, but... Were these... You know, who, who, who do you take at their word here? <laughs> but Clark did institute some policies that uh, when you look at them, well, some of them good. Some of them maybe. Eh. Um, one, you know, the, the halls were very crowded at East Side. So he actually instituted a very simple policy when walking in the halls, keep to the right. So people didn't get stuck and people you know, congregate or, you know, fights and other things that may break out when they may be hanging out uh, in one spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of not hanging out in one spot, no loitering, no profanity, no revealing clothes, no hats. I I guess Joe Clark was a a fan of the uh, 80s group uh, Men Without Hats, I guess, you know. (laughs) He, he too was trying to practice the safety dance. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, graffiti, vandalism, physical violence, verbal or physical threats, defiance of authority, all brought automatic suspension. Tardiness and class cutting were punished by having to 
scrub down said graffiti or scrub the toilets. So now looking at those policies, yeah, some of those make sense. Some of those may be a little more on the extreme side. <laughs> so I, I don't know. What, what, what are your takes? Like if, if someone said, OK, tomorrow at, you know, at your job or, you know, uh, Pedro, OK, everything's over. We're back in school. These are the rules now. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what would you think? You could play the fifth, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um. I would say, what are they doing at Phillips Exeter Academy? Because that's not what they're doing. I would say that there is no evidence to say that this is best practices in the way you treat children. And that's what they are. They're children. They're not thugs. They're not criminals. They're not drug dealers. They're human beings. They're children. And I, it, it's appalling to me. I consider his reign at Eastside to be a tragedy. Mm. And when I think about how my whole goal is to reach whoever I can. Um, I think of, I don't know if you've heard the, there's a little story that has been told over and over again, like an inspirational story about a little girl who sees a bunch of starfish on a beach and there's so many of them and they're dying on the beach and she throws them back. And somebody says, there's no way you can throw back all of them. You can't make a difference. And she says, but I can for that one, that one that I threw back is going to survive. And that's how I look at, education. It's, mm. he did the opposite of that. And, um, you know, we talk now all the time about the school to prison pipeline, um, about how schools are so institutional as to be designed to prepare kids to do time. Mm. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm strong opinions about this type of approach. Um, right. it would not fly in Alpine it would not fly in Ridgewood. And it's not mm. because those children are fundamentally better. It's because they're white. You know, right. I mean, let's be honest, and, Joe Clark. And, and, and well off. You know, like right. those are and very Joe Clark, right. Joe Clark got a pass because he was a black man. But what he was doing was very much part of um, upholding a sort of a, a white supremacist culture of, mm you know, beat these children into submission. And maybe he didn't use that bat, but they knew what it meant. Mm, and right. um, I, I just feel like it's such a tragedy that maybe five of those kids could have been reached, you know, right. but throwing them out of school can't have helped. Right. Yeah, right. You, you, you reached zero at that point. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, like, the, you know, the, the, you know, devil's advocate, do have a better reach of the ones that are still in school because the ones that are not there, you know, like you know, it could be argued. Yes, but I don't think it's one or the other. There we go. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not. It's yeah, not it doesn't you throw have to out be the bad kids and keep the good kids. It's you find right. why certain kids are acting a particular way, mm -hmm. and what do they need? What are their mm -hmm. needs? Because no one's born like in my class. I don't have any kids saying I, I want to grow up and be a drug dealer. And yet no. I know I, I statistically some of them will, you know, some of them right. will get involved in things that are not legal. Mm -hmm. um, although drug dealing might actually be a, a you know, a really, never mind. That's a whole different issue. <laughs> um, <laughs> things are changing there. Um, but um, none, none of them grew up wanting to be trouble, wanting to right. cause trouble or hurt mm -hmm. people. There were little children and, for some reason that ended up being the best thing they could do at the time. Wasn't a good thing, 
So what do we do? You know, that's that's what I feel like is the true challenge of teachers, because um, when I teach kids who have a stable home life, my job is it's not even a job. All I have to do is kind of hand them the materials and they mm -hmm. can do it. It's Got these it. kids who are broken and and hurting and looking for something. Right. Um, so this, so I don't think, no, I don't think that those 300 kids should have been left to wreak havoc <laughs> and disrupt the educational system. But I do think there are other solutions and there's a lot right. going on now in education, which is very exciting about finding those solutions. And I'm sure there's probably been both like educational studies that, that prove you right, which you're um, in, in terms of the approach to teaching, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm saying what the proper approach is uh, uh, for, for teaching uh, students. Right. So uh, oh. uh, one of the buzzwords, you know, one of the buzz um, acronyms, there's so many acronyms, is mm -hmm. SEL, which is social and emotional learning and really teaching kids what makes them tick and um, how to respond differently to different stimuli and those sorts of things. And um, an interesting place, although it's not in Oakland, New Jersey, it's in Oakland, California, um, but there's a whole movement out there that started with um, restorative justice in the schools, which is really teaching kids to take responsibility for their own behavior um, and find a way to correct what's going on. So an example of it would be you drew on the walls of the school, that's graffiti. It is your job to correct that problem. Mm -hmm. And at the same time to talk about how it harmed other people and what you could have done instead, you know? Right. So there's a lot of really exciting um, new ways of approaching <laughs> what he <Yes>. approached. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Now, now again, just, you know, so people again, take this into concept. The eighties were a different time, mm -hmm. yeah, a different mindset at the time. Mm -hmm. sure. So there were things that were extreme at times and Joe was, yeah, he was an example of it. Mm -hmm. sure. yeah. Now also to de-hollowify uh, some of these other things, you mentioned the padlocks on the doors. Mm -hmm. Now, Clark uh, said that, you know, chaining and padlocking the doors uh, during the school day was to keep out the drug dealers and the uh, and the thugs. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, he's arrested. And um, what happens is a lot of his students come to actually, you know, come to press for his release. Mm -hmm. Right. Guess what? That's Hollywood magic. That never happened. <laughs> mm -hmm. Surprise. In, in reality, he did padlock the doors, you know, chain and padlock, you know, the doors. But um, a court order was issued to remove the chains and uh, Clark complied. <laughs> but mm. what, what happened afterwards, Patterson police officers actually patrolled outside Eastside High School. Mm -hmm. That's that's actually what happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they, but again, sorry to break the, the, the aura of Hollywood, everyone. But that's, yeah. that's a, see, that's a reasonable solution. You know, you're not you're not chained right. in if the building's on fire, but you're exactly. still protecting and, the students. And and that was one of the things he, he was in trouble and at odds a lot of times with the fire chief, mm -hmm. which in the in the movie, uh, you know, the fire chief is one of the ones that's actually um, working with uh, one of the parents. And and the mayor to actually kind of set a trap for Joe Clark. Hmm. 
well, they didn't set a trap for Joe Clark. There wasn't. In fact, the mayor was actually one of his biggest supporters. That was mm. Mayor Frank X. Graves Jr. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he was one of Clark's earliest uh, supporters. So, you know, that part of the film also not true. But there were in 1984 some teachers that had grown so frustrated with Clark and his policies, they actually had an, a secret after school meeting at the uh, Masonic Temple to figure out how to deal with him. Hmm. But Clark intercepted that and had the leaders transferred to another school. <laughs> oh, wow. OK. Yeah. So th- these are the things that did happen with Joe Clark. Mm. Now, in the, in the movie, the, the music teacher also had some run ins with Clark um, about teaching the alma mater, the school anthem for Eastside High. Um, yes, there was an actual run in with the mu- music teacher, but the, te- uh, the music teacher actually did teach the, the students uh, there the alma mater, the school anthem. But because of differences between uh, her and Clark, they actually got transferred to another school af- uh, two years after um, their initial altercation. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, what, one, one of the uh, other things that Clark was known for was, you know, he, he was known as having a very broad, you know, like not broad, but uh, very well-versed vocabulary. You know, people called it like a hundred dollar vocabulary. And, but, but of course, like as part of his vocabulary, he called, you know, some of the unruly students, you know, parasites, miscreants, you know, th- these were some of the hundred dollar words that he used and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh, and some of the disloyal teachers to him, so, seripitous snakes. I, I practiced that word earliest, uh, earlier because like, I was tripping over the word seripitous. <laughs> so, um, but now here's the other part of Joe Clark, though. As much as there was a lot that was you know, contentious, he actually did care about a lot of the students and some of the things that he actually did that people were, were, weren't aware of was students that couldn't afford coats. He actually made sure that they actually got coats. So they were not cold during the winter months. He, you know, he, he actually tried to actually get to like one of the parts of the movie is like, you know, he's coming around with his bullhorn and coming around to students at you know the table and in the halls. That was part of his regular process he wanted to get to know all of the students of east side personally so he could help them so when you look at joe clark as a whole there was a lot maybe that really shouldn't have been but you know what there was there was good to what he was trying to do and and there was good to what he did Yeah, I think that's um, probably true of everybody, right? There's uh, true. That, 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 that something. Is true. Um, it's some of his form, former students, though. They actually um, uh, see Della McCall Fisher. She w- she was a, an East Side student. She's actually now uh, the chief of staff of uh, Patterson Mayor Andre uh, Sayers' uh, uh, administration. She actually goes on to say. He's responsible for the person I am today. He always made me feel like there was nothing I couldn't do. Um, she comes to say that, you know, although Clark may have taken her under his wing, 
he also showed tough love as well. Um, he, one time he actually made her feel so bad for being tardy that she actually resolved for the rest of her tenure at Eastside High, she would uh, never arrive later than he did. So for the next two years, she got to school no later than 6.30 a.m. So she would beat Joe Clark in every day. Mm. Um, and also one of the ways that he also helped her was she needed to take a science test, but she had no babysitter. She actually, at the time, she had a three-year-old son. So she went to Joe Clark's office and dropped her son off there and, and said, you know, <laughs> I need to take this test. Mr. Clark said, okay, take the test. You know, he basically babysat for her <laughs> so mm-hmm. she could actually, you know, go with her, uh, go on and take care of her schoolwork. So, yes, there, there were, there was good that, and then, but as you said, you know, there, there for most people, there, there is good, and but we don't always hear about it. Um, an, another uh, a, a person actually said, Mayor, Mayor Andre Saya, he didn't actually, uh, he wasn't in Eastside when uh, Joe Clark was principal. He actually came in a couple of years later, but he actually went to an anti-violence forum in Secaucus where Clark spoke. Because after his tenure as principal of Eastside, he went on the lecture circuit for uh, about six, uh, six or seven years. Um, Saya actually approached uh, Clark and said, Mr. Clark, I admire and respect you. He shook my hand and said, son, what are you doing with yourself? And he, he said, my plan is to go to college. Clark replied, that's the right answer. There you go. So, you know, he did have uh, best interests for some of the students in mind. But again, we go back to the 300 that he you know, expelled the mm-hmm. first year. Mm, not really them. Right. Um, Clark was actually offered a White House education post by president at the time, Ronald Reagan. But Clark declined being loyal to Eastside. Now, of course, his tactics also gained media attention, and he found himself as the center of a national debate on educational reform of inner city schools. He made the cover of Time magazine in February 1988 and went the talk show and uh, news, circuit, uh, news program circuit rounds as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we, did you, either of you like read any of his, you know, like, you know, the articles about him or, you know, like, you know, see any of his appearances on like say Arsenio Hall or some of the other programs back then? Yeah, I, I, I think I did see like the one when he, when he was on uh, Arsenio Hall, I know when he did like okay. talk show circuit, like a, one or two of his appearances, I, I vaguely recall watching them. Yeah. Got it. So how about yourself, Pedro? Yeah, I don't remember specifically. I mean, I remember him being very well known, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he was kind of like a household name for a while. Correct. And of course, you know, in 89, when the movie Lean on Me came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that you know, for those who didn't know him yet. Well, yeah, here, here we go. Now, the movie, Joe Clark says, well, you know, like, even though he had some qualms about Morgan Freeman, uh, 
uh, portraying him because he didn't think Morgan Freeman was stern enough. <laughs> but I, mm. I think, I think, you know, acting wise, Morgan give, gave a, uh, Morgan a Freeman's God. Poem. I mean, <laughs> literally, right, in fact, exactly. uh, so Bruce yeah. Almighty or Evan Almighty, he was God. <laughs> 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 but, but, um, yeah, it, it was a fantastic movie, but yeah, yeah, th- things were definitely stretched. But Joe Clark said it was about ninety-five percent accurate. <laughs> mm. And as we've gone over, yeah, maybe ninety-five was not the percentage. But here's the thing: when we went to percentages, what Joe Clark was brought in to do was to raise the testing scores at Eastside High and prevent the state of New Jersey from taking over. Did he raise the test scores? Yes. Mm. He, he did raise the test scores. Now, how did he raise the test scores? Right. <laughs> because now you have to factor in, for the students that he wound up expelling, was that addition by subtraction? You know, did, did the test scores go up? Because of the students that you know were low performing that he had expelled, you know, hey, you take enough of the the, the low end of you know, you, you take a bunch of numbers, take the low numbers off, now average them out. Of course, you're going to be higher. Mm-hmm. That's how math works, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, math one hundred and one. But again, it's up for debate. How much was that? And how much it was for, you know, the actual effect he had on the student body of Eastside. Mm-hmm. Now, in 89, <laughs> that's when the, the movie came out, Lean On Me. And um, he was actually on the road a little bit promoting the movie. Um, at the same time, a group of young men at Eastside High, um, they, they had a bit of a... They had a student assembly, and these these uh, young gentlemen uh, stripped down to their g-strings <laughs> during the assembly. And because Clark was not there to supervise what was going on, he got suspended for a week. <laughs> so, oh, he did. Joe Clark did. Joe Clark got suspended for not being there to supervise the school that he was supposed to be taking care of at the uh-huh. time. <laughs> wow. But, also, in 1989, Joe Clark wound up having heart surgery. And two months later, after his surgery, he wound up in July of 1989, he wound up resigning as principal of Eastside High. Mm-hmm. After which, he went on the lecture circuit. He then went on to be the director of the Essex County Youth Detention Center in Newark, where... If you could guess, some of his methods were criticized. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there was uh, a, a couple of episodes of, for two days, some det- detainees, which, again, these are kid detainees. These are not you know adults, but kid detain- detainees were cuffed and shackled for two straight days. Wow. But – Clark says this was done only after several several violent episodes in which said detainees actually hurled excrement at guards. So did the punishment fit the crime? 
again, <laughs> I, 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 I cannot say that that was the right thing to do, nor can I say, you know, I was there and, you know, that's the wrong thing to do. But, yeah, I'm thinking, though, maybe it wasn't the best thing to do, you know, <laughs> keep kids shackled for two days. No, right. that, that's usually not a good thing. Right. But um, he retired from his position at the detention center in 2002 and retired to Gainesville, Florida, where on December 29th, 2020, he passed. Mm-hmm. So j- just in final summation, what he did back in the 80s. Did it improve things at the high school? scores went up um he did give a sense of order to the high school because prior to that things were from uh, reports extremely chaotic but again some of the methods used and some of the practices such as expelling students yeah maybe not the best things uh best things to do Mm. You know, you know, you're not taking those students in mind when when uh, cons- considering education there. You know, you're, right. you're kind of taking them out of the equation at that point. Mm-hmm. So um, what are your feelings, uh, Petra? Um, so, it, you know, it reminds me I've done a lot of reading about um, just sort of like generational um, trauma, <laughs> things like that. And. I know that a lot of black parents have sort of been come up with the idea that they need to control their children or the world will do it for them. Right. Because Mm. the world is not going to be easy on them. Um, I feel like maybe he was a product of that type of thinking. Like if I could beat you into submission, um, then the world won't. So I think that it may have been done from a loving approach. I think the reason he became famous for it was because he made a lot of people really comfortable. I think it made a lot of people Mm. comfortable to see him tame these people, these children who, you know, suburban America, white America thought needed be taming, Mm. Um, you know, and, you know, so I don't, it's not, I'm not hostile towards him. I think he probably had intentions. His intentions were good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that his, his, um, his that strategy makes- was, it was well-intentioned and it may have mm-hmm. been what he knew worked like in a panic, the way you might grab someone as they're about to fall off a cliff and you might hurt them doing it. Um, but I'm very happy to know that we've learned better ways um, and hopefully are mm-hmm. supporting those kids and finding ways to, to give them a past success. That's not crushing them that way. So, and just a, a little um, final note also what, what Joe Clark's, you know, like, you know, taking on the East side uh, principalship, uh, you know, what his goal was. Yes. He did raise scores, but the state of New Jersey still intervened after some years and is still currently um, in one of the three districts, the others being Newark and Jersey City, mm-hmm. that are still under New Jersey state control. But it's not a 
constant control. It's a when the state needs to step in, they will step in locally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. for, 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 for those that have not seen the movie, I, I, I would recommend the movie. It's, it, it's a great movie. You know, it is, it, it is a feel good movie. But, you know, when you actually start looking at and considering the other things that happen in that movie, maybe you don't feel as good as you <laughs> might once have felt. <laughs> sorry to make, sorry to do that to you, everyone, but <laughs> it's just, you know, that's, that's reality. It's a lot to chew on. That's a lot to chew on. And it it's, is. Yeah, true. You know, I think, I think if we could do one thing better in the upcoming year, it's to operate in the gray. Not everything's all good or all bad. It's, you know, true. That's well a lot said. of nuance. Very true. Mm-hmm. Now um, we're, we're going to shift here. And Pete, th- this is the time where we would like to play some games. J- yeah, Jeff, I, this has got to be a really quick, Nick, because um, I, I have to start working in like two minutes. Got it. Okay, quick <laughs> yeah. game. So um, let, we'll just do filming in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, I'm just going to name three movies, and you have to tell me whether or not it uh, is being mm-hmm. filmed, was filmed in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, so let's start number one, West Side Story, the new Steven Spielberg film. Um, oh, the new one. Oh. Are they filming in Patterson, New Jersey? Huh. I'm, I'm going to say – I thought I did read something about that. So yeah. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to guess yes. And the answer is yes, correct. All they right. are currently <laughs> – not currently. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess they are currently still filming in, in uh, New Jersey. And another uh, trivia side – yeah. Right. Another trivia side fact is that the, the woman who's playing Maria, uh, her name is Rachel Zegler – uh, she's from Clifton, New Jersey. Oh, and I nice. believe I actually believe she was a student in Hackensack for a while. Oh, oh get out. Or or she or she performed in some of the Hackensack recreational theater, something like that. She's oh, got something. Very connection. cool. Yeah. Very, very nice. cool. Uh, we'll go on to the Eddie Murphy um Arsenio Hall new vehicle, Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America. Now was <laughs> that filmed in Patterson, New Jersey? At least parts of it, uh, let's say, right? Um, I'm going to um, say yes because of your caveat about at least parts of it. <laughs> I know. I, I realized that. I, I showed my, my poker hand there, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah you know what? Yeah, j- just to be devil's advocate, I'm going to say, even though you said that, uh, you, you're, you're trying to, you know, like uh, mislead us. Oh. And, uh, I, I'm going to say no, but I'm sure <laughs> that the answer is yes here. But Well, yeah, so. unfortunately, Nick, not unfortunately or fortunately, the, uh, the answer is yes. Um, from what I read, in fact, uh, they filmed on Market Street. Huh. Oh, Patterson. oh, very cool. Yeah, I don't know the specific scenes or anything like that, but um, yes, that was uh, one of films. Let's do uh, one last one here. Um, how about The Devil's Advocate? Now, that was with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Uh, Al Pacino was the devil, right? Uh, yes. Nick, I believe in that movie. Yes, yeah. and then uh, yeah. uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves was the advocate. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> the protege. I, 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 know I saw that I, and I don't remember it. I know something special about this movie too, but, <laughs> but I I'm gonna say no, but I'm also gonna throw in what I actually know about this movie. Okay. Uh, what, what do you say, Pedro? I just feel like it's time to say no. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I really no. don't know. And, but I'm gonna and, guess and, no. And what I'm gonna say is, I know parts of this movie, the courtroom scenes, were filmed at the Bergen County Courthouse in Hackensack, mm. New Jersey. Well, Nick, you've, you've uh, said it all. Yes, the uh, you are. Cr- the answer is no. It was not filmed in Patterson, New Jersey. It was filmed in Hackensack, New Jersey. There you go. Uh, so there you go. 
for you know at least parts of it right uh, just as he's back in that court so huh excellent excellent well, well yeah nick yeah. i gotta cut and run because i have one minute to log on okay. it's okay. so thank i'm you. gonna say a big thank you to pedro for uh, you know, coming on to the podcast and, and offering so much valuable insight and uh, I learned a lot and yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. It's really nice. It was fun. You bet. No, it, it, <laughs> this was excellent. Pete, I know you got to, you got to go. Yeah, I gotta go uh, so. I'm glad you have a I'm short signing off, but, but thanks <laughs> to everyone out there and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next uh, podcast, right? All right. <laughs> yes. Good. Okay, take take care. care. Thanks a lot. See ya. Bye. And yeah, you know, as Pete said, Pedro, thank you so much for being our guest today and providing, you know, the information, the the feedback, the, you know, like the the perspective of a New Jersey teacher. And yeah, you asking me. It was it was really interesting. It was very nice to be on here. And 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 uh, uh, by the way, uh, our, our friend Stuart Greenberg uh, said a great conversation, gave me a lot to think about. Good. So, and, 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 and he says, uh, thank you, Nick and Pedro. Thank wait, you. Wait, it, it is Pedro, awesome. not Pedro. Yeah, yes. Pedro. Okay. <laughs> I know my parents <laughs> cursed me with this <laughs> with the confusion of a lifetime. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you. I, I know this was also your first podcast. So. It was. Yeah. Oh, so oh, it was oh, great oh, experience. Not, hey, you, you survived. Yay! I did. I did. <laughs> you made it very comfortable. Thank you. And, you know, you know, please tell your friends you know mm -hmm. about this you know if they would like to you know watch uh, we we will have the um the playback of this on our webpage and we will also have the podcast available in audio form within the next few days and you can uh, catch the podcast on most uh, streaming apps iTunes Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Stitcher and the like so so, so guess what? You're going to be all over the internet now, Pedro. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. So, so please, but, and, you know, and please t t tell your friends, you know, in teaching though, you know, we really appreciate what they do. Thank you. That'll even, mean a lot to them. Even though, you know, people may not show it all the time. And, <laughs> and I, I was glad actually to be part of, and I'm hoping that it starts back up again, you know, once things are settled, like I know in Hackensack, they're, what we were talking about with uh, we, we need space. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was part of the citizen committee that uh, <laughs> at last time. So hopefully mm -hmm. I can, you know, do that again as well. Right. Because, it's always you know, great I, to have I, input. Yeah. I would like to give back to, you know, the, the Hackensack uh, you know, education system. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. So again, thank All you right. everyone thank listening. Thank you. And I know we went over, over time. Yeah, Ming, I'll take care of you. Um, that, 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 and for anyone that wants to start a podcast, also go to a shared universe. Uh, a, a shared universe, uh, what's it? Is it podcaststudio.com or it's a shareduniverse.com? I'll double check. I always forget. And if you want to email us, we're uh, whatexitpodcast at gmail.com. Please comment. Please tell your friends. And for... What Exit Jersey Stories. I'm Nick Franco, and our guest today has been Pedro Delvecchio. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm new. I'm new. All right. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. <laughs>